Old Testament reading is from Genesis chapter 9, verses 8 to 17. Then God said to Noah and to his sons with him, I now establish my covenant with you and with your descendants after you and with every living creature that was with you, the birds, the livestock and all the wild animals, all those that came out of the ark with you, every living creature on earth. I establish my covenant with you. Never again will all life be cut off by the waters of a flood. Never again will there be a flood to destroy the earth. Then God said, This is the sign of the covenant I am making between me and you and every living creature with you, a covenant for all generations to come. I have set my rainbow in the clouds, and it will be a sign of the covenant between me and the earth. Whenever I bring clouds over the earth and the rainbow appears in the clouds, I will remember my covenant between me and you and all living creatures of every kind. Never again will the waters become a flood to destroy all life. Whenever the rainbow appears in the clouds, I will see it and remember the everlasting covenant between God and all living creatures of every kind on the earth. So God said to Noah, this is the sign of the covenant I have established between me and all life on earth. This is the word of the Lord. The New Testament reading is from Mark's Gospel. Mark 1, verses 9 to 15. The Baptism and Temptation of Jesus. At that time, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptised by John in the Jordan. As Jesus was coming up out of the water, he saw heaven being torn open and the Spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven. You are my son whom I love. With you I am well pleased. At once the Spirit sent him out into the desert and he was in the desert for 40 days being tempted by Satan. He was with the wild animals, and angels attended him. After John was put in prison, Jesus went out into Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God. The time has come, he said. The kingdom of God is near. Repent and believe the good news. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning. Since the world began, we have used signs and symbols in our everyday lives and religious rituals to help us understand and to convey meaning, and sometimes as an omen of a great event to come, like the star over Bethlehem. I can hear some of you saying that the only signs you see are traffic signs, but that isn't true, is it? Very few of us are not familiar with the smileys we can send one another, usually on our mobile phones at the end of a text message. And would any of us say when someone sends us a smiley, we are not pleased? Because we are. The senders are indicating their love or care for us. 
These smileys and countless other small graphic illustrations we send one another are called emojis. The rainbow in the reading from Genesis this morning is, we could say, an ancient emoji, a smiley from God to us. His rainbow conveying the message of his eternal love and care for the world. Genesis can be interpreted in two ways. Either very much a children's story of animals and rainbows, or, and at the opposite extreme, a story of God so angered by the human rebellion that he's facing in the world that he floods the whole earth, nearly wiping everything out in a divine rage. It might be a bit of both, but neither contains the whole story, nor bears much truth. What this passage read today tells us is that God is looking for a new way to establish the accord or the harmony he intended between him and his world. He is putting the option of destruction aside and seeking us as his own. The sign of this covenant is God's bow in the clouds. A bow in the ancient world represented battle, and so to hang up one's bow meant you were retiring from battle. Therefore, this bow in the clouds is the sign of God's promise that whatever happens, he will not seek destruction again. Instead, he will search for our restoration in a new way. And the implication of this promise is that God will try everything else first. Clearly, God did not create the rainbow for this moment. It is used as a symbol. It's filled with new significance for the future. A reminder of God's commitment to earth and his creation. It is a promise and a sign of God remembering, but remembering in a way that involves action. Action with a specific reference to this prior commitment to Noah. It is a sign of divine goodwill towards creation, even though judgment will continue. The story of the flood, therefore, focuses on God and God's commitment to the world and the future, even though it is the future in a less than perfect world. He will work in new ways with the world and promises never to punish it like this again. Incredibly, with this promise, God is deciding to carry on working with human beings who resist him. He does not resign himself to the world's evil, but will find a new way to deal with the problem of sin and evil that exists in it. If you like, it is an interim arrangement for a fixed time, because it does not establish a personal relationship between God and people. It is between God and the earth only, and separate to God's redemptive covenant of eternal life. 
Instead of destroying the earth with all its sin and evil, God will take the suffering caused by this sin into his own heart and bear it there for the sake of our future. Today is the first Sunday in Lent and looking at the passage read to us this morning from Mark's Gospel, we surely see that the cross of Jesus Christ is on the same path as God's promise made to Noah. It is the fulfilment of God's desire for his people. The establishment of God's plan for an eternal relationship with us. Mark covers a lot of territory in this passage. It pulls together Jesus' baptism, his temptation, his proclamation of the good news of God and the nearness of the kingdom, ending with a call to repentance and belief. The life of Jesus is put before us clearly and strongly. There is no escaping his mission on earth or the meaning of it. Jesus is directly introduced to us. Previously, he was, in John's, the Baptist's own words, the greater one who is coming. Now he has come from Nazareth to Galilee to be baptised by John. In submitting to John's baptism, Jesus acknowledges God's judgment on Israel, but at the same time accepting he is willing to bear the brunt of this judgment. Jesus here accepts being numbered with the transgressors, the sinners. He didn't need to, but he is the true Israelite, whose repentance, unlike Israel's, is perfect. Importantly, the baptism of Jesus, right here at the beginning of Mark, provides essential clues for us to his identity and an understanding of what will follow. Mark has recorded the submission of Jesus to a baptism of repentance, the gift of the Spirit, a declaration of divine sonship and his unique relationship with God. He is set apart from us all. And so when the voice comes from heaven, you are my son whom I love with you, I am well pleased. This is confirmed. Words which have roots in Isaiah. Behold my servant whom I uphold, my chosen in whom my soul delights. We also have here in Mark a clear revelation of the Trinity, Father, Son and the Holy Spirit. Then immediately after his baptism, Jesus is sent out into the desert to be confronted and tempted by Satan. What's the hurry, we might ask? The answer is that God the Father sent Jesus the Son into the world to defeat sin and death, and it's time to get on with the job. There will be an opportunity for celebration later, after the resurrection, when the task is complete. 
His confrontation and temptation by Satan in the desert is important because there will be a sustained attack throughout Jesus' ministry. Temptation will not stop. Having a son in the army, I can see this time Jesus spent in the desert to be similar to basic military training. An intense, mostly painful time designed to prepare a recruit for the difficult challenges he will later face. The baptism of Jesus was a commissioning and his temptation in the desert a strengthening and toughening experience to help him sustain the ongoing onslaught from God's old adversary and opponent, Satan. Lent is significant for Christians and very much linked to this time Jesus spends in the desert being tempted away from his future mission. The word wilderness is often used, but I'm going to stick with desert, the word used in the Greek, and also because it reminds me of the desert fathers. These were the holy men, later joined by women, who went out to live in the desert in Palestine, Syria and Egypt in the third century. These Christian hermits were seeking a deep relationship with God away from the distraction of their everyday lives and all the noise accompanying it as they lived in towns and cities. Living their lives in the desert was very hard. There were none of the comforts to be found in a town and it was also very much about survival. Their settlements eventually became monastic orders and their way of life and writings had a major influence on the development of Christianity and Christian traditions, particularly the way they practiced the presence of God alongside their practical tasks requiring to be done as they lived in the desert. The great thing is that they found joy in these tasks and passed this joy on in their writings. The events of Holy Week are, of course, not new to us, and an issue we have to get round. But our approach to this week can be very special for each of us, beginning, I urge, with what we do in Lent. While Lent is a time when we can dwell in the certainty of our faith, it is also a time when we can explore in different ways what our belief means to each of us. A sort of a review and it can be very rewarding if we commit the time either individually or as part of a Lent group, even both. Being a Christian doesn't mean our lives are characterised by a long and continuous series of high moments. Far from it. Mostly we experience a series of hills and valleys, floods and droughts. The baptism of Jesus is a grand moment, but it is immediately followed by him being sent into the desert to be tested. And Christians very often feel this is a model to be followed. They undergo a period of self-sacrifice to test their self-discipline and represent Jesus' temptation in the desert. Others decide not to give up something. Instead, they will give something 
spend their time trying to help other people. This is not possible now because of COVID and the lockdown and all the restrictions we are currently having to live with. So maybe it's time to try something new altogether. For example, we could follow those desert fathers into the desert, looking for a deeper relationship with God. We could go looking for the joy experienced by them, a joy to be found in ourselves and in our one's everyday lives and in our everyday tasks. We all have things to sort out with God. This is also a good time to do it. Especially now that we have more time because our activities are limited. We have time, to put it another way, to be upfront and personal with our God. Jesus was vulnerable in the desert. It would have been very easy for him to give up. And so it is with us. We're full of human weaknesses and as such vulnerable to anything opposing God or what he wants for us. We can have an easier life and give in to the worldly demands, even enjoy them. Why shouldn't we? Because we have a commitment to the God who put a rainbow into the clouds for Noah and us to show he remembers us and he cares for us and that he made a promise to the world. A promise that becomes the new covenant instituted at the Last Supper as part of the Eucharist. This cup is the new covenant in my blood which is poured out for you. A new covenant which comes into force with the death of Jesus Christ. His blood shed at the crucifixion is the blood of the new covenant and mediates it to all until the complete fulfilment of this promise at the second coming. Amen. Almighty God, the one true and eternal God, thank you for your faithfulness throughout the ages, that you are the same yesterday, today and forever. Thank you for hearing us when we pray. Help us to be strong in you, Lord, and in your mighty power, to search for the positives and to stand firm whatever challenges we face. We pray for the Church in this time, that despite the constraints of Covid, the good news of the Gospel will not be compromised. We pray for your special blessing on Tim and Jenny as they seek to encourage us in our faith, and for Mary and Sarah and Judith as they help with this ministry. We pray that the soul groups will build up friendships in our church fellowship and be a means of providing teaching, prayer and other spiritual support. Thank you, Heavenly Father, that vaccines are being distributed all over the world to combat COVID. Thank you that scientists have managed to produce vaccines as qu- as qu- so quickly and for all the people who are helping with the vaccination process. Doctors and nurses around the world must be exhausted by dealing with high numbers of seriously ill patients. Thank you for their diligence and compassion. Lord, give them the strength needed to do their very demanding shifts. 
Lord, we pray for people who are anxious about their own situations or for those that they love. We lift up people known to us who are sick and ask in your mercy for healing. We pray for those affected by, by money worries. We pray for the fearful, the desperate, the lonely, the bereaved, the lost. Lord, we ask that you would give us imagination so that we can give appropriate practical help and words of compassion and kindness that soothe sorrowfulness and anxiety. During this season of Lent, we ask you to draw near to us as we feast on your word in the daily verses suggested in the menu and in our homemade Tuesday Lent course. Build up our faith, Lord, as we prepare for Easter. And Lord, we ask for a return of joy, that we will appreciate the beauty in your bountiful creation and concentrate on the good, the inspirational, the true, the admirable. Lord, you are indeed worthy of our praise and we are so thankful for your faithfulness to us. In the words of Psalm 17, I will call on you, O God, for you will answer me. Give ear to me and hear my prayer. We pray in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. <laughs>